0: hello hello welcome back to the i want her job podcast we are so excited for today's show on impact investing for those who are new to the term we're going to dig into the topic but at a glance we're going to be talking about financial investing that has a social impact and financial returns so this new field of investing has so much potential to transform some of our biggest social issues around the world and that's why we're hoping you enjoy today's show we're speaking with Margot Kane, VP of Strategic Initiatives at the Calvert Foundation, and we're talking about investing for from the biggest global investors and companies to small investors. Um, we're going to talk about investments of even twenty dollars. So let's get started. I'm going to let Margot start off and tell us about her current role, a little bit about Calvert, where she works. And um, Margot, if you could also define impact investing in your own words.
1: Sure. So, thanks for having me today, Felina. I am the Vice President for Strategy for Calvert Foundation, and we are an impact investment uh, fund. And impact investing is the practice of investing with an intentional and measurable social return as well as a financial return. And in the Calvert Foundation milieu, we uh, invest capital uh, in the United States and internationally, um, all over the world, um, for a series of both social and financial objectives. We raise our money in a rather unusual way, which is that we raise it from the general population in the United States through a retail fixed income security called the Calvert Community Investment Note. And so we have thousands of investors. I'm an investor. I have a couple of our notes. Um and everyone from you know me and my mom to large financial institutions and foundations and mutual funds um etc. can buy our security and that way have access to the largely private transactions that we do in places everywhere from um, you know, Houston, Texas to Cambodia. Okay,
0: and so just base- So basically, you have wealthy investors maybe telling their advisors that I want a piece of my portfolio to be within um, an impact investing fund. Would that be a good way to describe it for people who are not familiar with the financial world?
1: So I don't think that they're necessarily wealthy. Okay, that's. I think that's the distinction that I'm trying to make. Is retail investment means really anyone with a tax ID can participate, and a lot of people are taking. Um, part of their retirement or their savings accounts and, and using that for community impact and the product that they tend to select is ours because it's the most easily, trans- it's one of the more easily transacted products out there and their financial advisor tends to know about it because we've built up relationships and brand equity in that space.
0: Okay. That's great, so um, do you have like an age range or demographic for people? like let's say our, our listeners are thinking, "Hey, I wouldn't mind investing um, where yeah. Where should you yeah, so tell us more.:
1: Sure, so if, if you, you have, have a financial, financial v- advisor that, that you use, um, talk to them about it, uh, but that ten, that audience tends to be the folks who kind of come through the financial advisor channel and, and the broker channel. So the best of our knowledge tends to be over the age of fifty five. Mm-hmm. The online channel tends to be uh, late 20s to mid30s. So if, um, you know, if you don't invest or you're a financial advisor, if you don't have your own brokerage account that you manage on a platform like Schwab or um, Fidelity or ETrade, right um, then you can go directly on to our own sales website, which is vested.org with a V. Um, Register and check out the options um, and sort of invest on your own behalf um, if it looks like something you're interested in.
0: Okay. And what what excites you most about the field you're in and the work that you're doing?
1: So what excites me most is the opportunity to um, provide a meaningful example that helps change the levers of the broader capital markets. We are, for you know, the capital markets, a small drop in the bucket, right? We manage um, around $300 million. Um, in the impact investment marketplace, that's somewhat large. But um, it's increasingly of interest to the really large money managers and the people who kind of make the market, if you will, to invest with more social intention and impact. And they don't necessarily know how to do that. And we provide a really interesting and meaningful example because of our connection to the retail investor client. Um, and if you know, if those larger asset managers can start to channel money the way that we channel money into communities that really, and organizations that really cannot access capital markets otherwise, then we've just made a massive dent in how money flows through the world. Because when you look at for example, the difference between philanthropic assets and investment assets is astonishing. Globally, or in the U.S., investment assets are about 10 times or more what philanthropic assets are,
0: hmm. Got, it. Got it. As, so well as well
1: as on an economic basis. Mm-hmm. And then public money, as we know, is really challenging in a lot of ways. It's essential and it's important, but it's declining in a lot of sectors, especially those that primarily serve... Um, low-income people and people who really need a safety net. Uh, and philanthropy is not going to fill the gap in declining public funds either. So you really, as a society, you know, if we're dedicated to capitalism, we got to figure out better ways for it to work for everybody.
0: No, that's great. So what you just said in the amount more in investment assets for women who are thinking, who are very socially conscious and want to, um, get jobs in fields where they can make an impact, but are weary of finance. What would you tell them about entering this type of uh, occupation?
1: Well, it's not rocket science, okay? <laughs> yeah. Finance is fancy arithmetic, around- <laughs> it is, is so much uh, more straightforward than you think because there is def- definitely this barrier to entry around the language. Um, and that is deliberate. I, and I don't think that like you know any one person is using financial terms to make other people feel less educated or, or stupid or what have you. But it is definitely sort of this like culture of finance to um, use really specific and esoteric terms and slang in a lot of ways, right? And, and because it is a male-dominated culture, that starts to, that does and it can feel intimidating when you peek under the hood. However it's just math, like, and it's easy math, for the most part, you want to be quant jock that's, you know, do derivatives and swap trading, what have you, like, even other, you know, scenario, but I look at cash flow projections, like, that's not very hard, all you have to understand is how they're constructed, and it, um, and I came from a field that's, you know, development, and very kind of, like, soft skills, plus some science, and, um, you know, dominated by women and heading into finance, I was sort of like, oh, man, I got to, you know, really study hard. This is going to be really difficult. And I remember in business school, um, one of my kind of seminal realizations was when I was looking at a financial model that my investment banking classmates had created that was like insanely complicated and 26 tabs in Excel. <laughs> And I, you know, worked all day on it, and I walk in and, and look at the assumptions tab and point out that they'd forgotten to to use the leverage weighted average cost of capital or something like that. That was like just one of those like most critical assumptions that drove the entire valuation model, and they had to do the whole thing. <laughs> And that's, and that's what, what you, you want to be, be able to do. You, you don't want to be the person building model. That's <laughs> funny.
0: No, I love that insider view. I think that's a great perspective for this, um, for everyone listening. And I read about some other initiatives you're working on that sounds so interesting. I was wondering if you could tell us about them. It was want Women Investing in Women, Iconic mm-hmm. Places Project, uh, Diaspora Project.
1: Yep, Sure. Um, so, I'll start with the women investing in women, uh, just because it seems appropriate. Um, so, there is a definite trend in in the wealth world, um, and I don't mean wealthy people, I just mean global wealth, uh, investment assets, as we talked about before, which is that women are earning, controlling, and inheriting a lot more of it than they ever have before. Uh, you know, when people talk about the major wealth transfer that's happening, um, with the millennial generation, for example, the majority of new wealth owners are going to be women. Mm -hmm. And there is a very limited track record, um, of the financial services world catering to the unique kind of personality profile and needs and interests of women. We are pretty sure that women are more interested in investing for both social and environmental benefit. Um, But it's hard to even track that because (laughs) it's only been in recent years that anyone's generated meaningful data about the kind of products and services that women are looking for when they're the decision makers around investment assets. Mm -hmm. So we created this product, um, well, we created this portfolio and campaign strategy, really, which was to take the Calvert Community Investment Note um, and began to market it in a way that's very specific towards towards what we thought women would want to hear as, as potential investors. And then we created a portfolio behind that that really focused on um, how can we use our approach to investment to really further the conversation on women's empowerment in these sectors that we're lending in, like clean energy, affordable housing, like go enterprise, et cetera. And we had a great success with that. Um, so I, you know, managed the initial design and launch of this back in 2012 and then, um, oversaw the creation of the second iteration of it, which has been incredibly successful, which is really focusing on the intersection between access to clean energy and fuels in emerging markets and women's empowerment, um, that we launched late last year at CGI, um, and, and that's been really fun because it's been so successful on both ends. I mean, we learned a lot in terms of how we invest and how we can bring this gender lens uh, to how, uh, you know, we have conversations with our with our investees. And we've gotten just massive interest from a brand new investor base, people who don't consider themselves impact investors and don't necessarily care about impact investing, but they really care about women, come to us through this um, and, and get really excited and engaged. Um, and in the meantime, since we launched in 2012, probably almost every major kind of private wealth management platform and bank has launched or tried to look into some kind of women's themed portfolio or um, investment platform. Um, so it's definitely we're kind of a vanguard of a trend here, um, which is really fun. And, you know, on the risk side of things, what people are looking at in the wealth management world is something like over 90% of the time when a woman either inherits or gains control or, you know, earns wealth, she switches her financial advisor within one year.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: So do millennials.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you, I mean, do you know who they're switching to or you just know that they're switching?
1: You we just, just know, know that, that they're, they're switching mm-hmm. because, because because of, the kind of, you know, the dominant, um, paradigm has not been catered, catering to women. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I, I think that is uh, so, um, wonderful that you created that and it's great to see that it's working. And, um, and for people who aren't as familiar with Calvert, I mean, it's pretty, it's, a little easier for you to get in front of people because Calvert is huge, right? I mean, um, can you tell us about the size of Calvert?
1: So, Calvert Social Investment Foundation, which is the 501c3 that I work for, is somewhere around $300 million under management, and we're about 31 people. So, we're, we're not that big. Um, we were are incubated by and are still affiliated with the Calvert Mutual Funds, which is, you know, the $15 billion mutual fund company. <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, it's probably three times their size from a people perspective, at least. Um, that's a different entity, however, and um, their CEO and president, John Stoyer, sits on our board, okay. uh, and, and we have a lot of fun conversations with them, but we do... Fundamentally different businesses. We are we issue a single note product, and they structure and manage, you know, funds and, and are in the mutual fund industry in a for-profit, you know, corporate structure. So it's very different.
0: Um, but do their re- the relationship with them help you get in front of all these portfolio managers, and is that?
1: Mm-hmm. So I mean, certainly for our primary. In a, and especially not early days. Absolutely, I mean, their their distribution network, their wholesalers, their um, their brands completely got you know our product in the door. Um, in a lot of ways, they also buy our note for their funds, so that's another way that their clients get exposure to our work. Um, and it's a very mutually beneficial brand relationship. Um, and they did a lot of leading work on the role of women and the role of women in boards on, you know, putting public companies and how to create um, principles around investing for that. And and we certainly, you know, learned from that and, and took a page from that when we developed our own women's portfolio.
0: Got it. Okay, and how about the other projects, the Iconic Places and diaspora?
1: Sure. So <laughs> we, we have an initial called r to, call to own, own which is based uh, around the idea that we think people will want to be able to invest in their own cities or in cities they come from that are really kind of iconic American cities. And specifically we're investing in community development projects from um, small businesses to office buildings, to schools and health centers um, to affordable housing. It okay, runs the gamut. And um, we launched these kind of very local place based campaigns in Denver and Twin Cities last year, and we're about to launch in Baltimore near the end of this year. Um and and that's been really fun because you really get to dive deep into kind of the fabric and issues and, and um and you know forces of work in a city, both in terms of how it considers itself and how its residents engage with the idea of the city. And do they will they engage in the form of investment? And again, this is kind of along that theme of public funding is you know, getting harder to work with for a variety of reasons, can you utilize citizens' own investment assets for things that benefit public good that are in ways that are really tangible so that, you know, you hold a, a Denver Ours to Own note and you walk by that hole in the ground every day that our partner on the ground in Denver, which is the Urban Land Conservancy, is developing to build a, a brand new charter school. And you know that that's the connection.
0: Do you say that this is the type of... Um... Position where you could really feel like you're doing something and making a difference in areas that you care about.
1: Yeah, except the areas that you care about have to really reflect where you are in your function, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if what you care about is working one on one with entrepreneurs, don't work at a fund of funds, for mm-hmm. example. <laughs> so, so you really want to um, align your skill set with your daily function with what you care about okay so in my case I care about systems I care about systems change Um, I'm not an individual change person and I care about the people that I work with um, and I care about the communities we work for but I definitely take kind of a systems approach to that so um, you know making one loan to one borrower in one city for one business is not the impact I'm trying to seek I'm trying to move hundreds of millions of dollars in a direction they haven't moved before and that gets me going so it's very kind of it's very personal and I can um I can see how what we do and you know structuring deals and spending a lot of time in meetings uh traveling um, a lot uh but for meetings uh is not going to get you know, someone who's equally passionate about these issues but wants to engage with them in a very different kind of way, it's not going to get them up in the morning. But I like it, so.
0: No, that's great advice. And what about your previous jobs? Did they did it lead up to what you're doing now, or was it more of a accidental?
1: No, it definitely did lead, um, and it really does kind of speak to that function and, and where, where your mind and personality leads you. So when I was working in international development, I got really frustrated with the, the underpinnings of the aid business model, how resources were used, both people and money and politics and, you know, the whole kit and caboodle and thought, how do I make this better or, you know, do something that is more effective. Mm-hmm. And so I went to business school in response to that, that observation and experience I had in the development world where we were saving people's lives, you know, on a daily basis. Like that is not, you don't question that, but what you start to question is, okay, so this woman has, you know, we're saving her life today, but in 12 years, we're going to be doing the same thing for her daughter. They hmm. like, haven't changed the, the underlying causes of why this is an issue in the first place. Um, and so I think... I. I I needed to learn more about how economies are built um, and how kind of the microeconomics of household and how those decisions are made and how gender politics plays into that rolled out into kind of the macroeconomic, you know, flows and systems and all of that. So I went to business school for that. Um, And, um, started looking at um, and, and working in, you know, sort of more social investment side of things from running this global social venture competition, which really exposed me a lot to the nitty gritty incredibly inspiring work of social entrepreneurs, which, is, which was really good So I was like, wow, I don't want to be an entrepreneur myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. I, my favorite part of that was sitting in on the judging part of the competition, yeah. Uh so I was like, I don't do that. Um how, how do I, I get, get to <laughs> <laughs> not- I'm curious why I-
0: is it is was it um what part of it made you think that I don't want to do that?
1: Well, I didn't think I had this sort of all consuming um vision that was self contained and that I could kind of carry through uh, you know, to fruition on a business model that would work. Um yeah.
0: And do you think the MBA prepared you? So, let's say somebody would want specific steps. Somebody's listening, thinking, "I'm convinced I want to do this." Would you recommend an MBA? Um, maybe interning. What kind of steps would you encourage them to take?
1: So again, like, I think it, it comes, comes down to aligning your skill set with with the function you, you want to play in the thing that in the field that you care about. Um. So, like, like if your skill set is in marketing, um. Don't go into impact investing if what you most are interested about is, like, fund structuring, right? Or obtain a fund structuring skill set somewhere and bring it into the impact investment field. Um, So, on the MBA thing, it certainly helped me. Um, It was how I made my my pivot. It's where I got my financial education, although then I later got credit training at a bank, which was equally useful, frankly, in a lot of ways. and uh I think it was the right choice for me at that time, given where I was coming from and what I want to do. Um, and my natural kind of own inclinations and personality. I thought the strategy and kind of the OB and leadership components were actually at the time kind of strange and obtuse to me, but now in retrospect were really helpful. Yeah. Uh, so but I you know, I work at that at that systems level. Um and I think I they think all depends. It's kind of like, if you want to work in healthcare, define what you want to do. If you want to be a hospital administrator, don't go get a medical degree. Like, that's probably the worst training you can get to go to, and then be a hospital administrator, and vice versa.
0: No, I think that's great advice because a lot of times people say, well, I want to do something within this field, but they don't know what it is. So I think that's great. Just make sure that it's aligned with what you like and you're good at. And I could tell just the way you described that financial spreadsheet. I don't think everyone could have seen the mis- the one mistake that was in there. <laughs> but yeah. So Margot, um, thank you so much. This has been really interesting um, to me and hopefully to a lot of other people who are interested in impact investing. And to wrap it up, is there anything else that you want to tell our community about um maybe other things other places to read for more information any blogs or other information sources to follow including where they can find you sure
1: so So you can can find find me on foundation's Foundation's website and also at kane fisher on On twitter Twitter. and that's K-A-N-E-F-I-S-C-H-E-R. i'm trying to be better (laughs) about twitter but i'm not really a millennial so (laughs) i'm working on it um But uh, there's a ton of resources out there um, around impact investing. Uh, The Global Impact Investors Network, GIN, G-I-I-N, is is a great place to start. They have some fantastic research. They're a great network. They have newsletters and job postings, especially. Their jobs board is one of the best, I think, curated um, pieces in the marketplace. Um, And really, you know, in terms of what else to read everything you can about anything else because what impact investing is it's a mismatch it's a multidisciplinary practice so you have you know you'll make of it what your skill set is it's loosely in finance but there's a lot of other things that are going on from behavior change to education to strategy um to you know figuring out business models and community development and uh mobile technology and payment systems right so it's It encompasses everything so really bring your passion to it and the last thing i'll i'll say is that women you know basically are going to be running all of this (laughs) in 10 years from what i can see Mm. so don't be don't be shy about about jumping in with both feet if this if this is what excites you
0: that is that's perfect thank you that's so inspiring thanks so much okay
1: thank you for having me
0: Thanks for joining us. In our next show, we'll be speaking with Catherine Brown, who is leading impact investing for the World Economic Forum. If you want to read more about Margot, please go to Iwanderjob.com. We're going to have an interview there and a lot more career inspiration. Until next time.